today's reading is from the 21st chapter of Matthew, verses 1 through 11. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, the Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble, and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their, spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! When he had entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Thanks, Steve. Well, if we haven't met yet, my name is Justin. Uh, It's wonderful to see all of you. Uh, If you're guests with us, uh, it's wonderful to have you here as well. Um, Normally, uh, my primary role here is working with the tech team, but a few times a year I get the opportunity to speak, and so I'm grateful for that. Mostly grateful. Kind of nervous, too. Uh, But uh, this is uh, Palm Sunday, uh, the last Sunday in Lent. Uh, if, you, if you've been with us through the series, we've had uh, some incredible messages from Adam and also from Lexi. Uh, if you missed out on any of those, they're on the podcast. Um, just, yeah, if you have any questions on that, I can help you with that. But we, uh, they're out there. I, I highly recommend going out and listening to them. So this week is Palm Sunday, and th- which leads into Holy Week uh, and then Easter Sunday next week. And so uh, this is an opportunity, I think, to look back. You know, we know the end of the story. But back 2,000 years ago, they, they, they didn't know the end of the story. There was people in Jerusalem. They saw Jesus riding in on a donkey. They didn't know what was happening. Um, they had some ideas, um, but we're, we're going to talk about that here. So I want to start with a question. And that question is, what, is it, what if it's possible to misunderstand what you're asking for? Have you ever done that? Have you ever thought you wanted something or were pursuing something, and then maybe, maybe you got something else and found out that that is actually is, in fact, what you were looking for, not what you originally looking for. Uh, I, I, I told this story this, this morning. My kids were here, and I think it was the first time they heard about how I met their mother. Um, so I'm going to tell you a little story here. Uh, I, hopefully it, it ties in and makes sense. But it starts back when I was in high school. Um, I was a, it was before my junior year. I know that. I was driving through town up in Kalispell, listening to the country radio station, and they had a contest come up uh, on there. They said the next person that stops into the mall and says they heard this on the radio wins free dance lessons. So how many here won free dance lessons in high school, or wanted to? <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a weird thing. I, don't, I still don't know why I did, but I was right there. I think it's because I like to win things. So I, I pulled in there, I went in and told them I heard it, so they gave me my, my dance lessons. And these were dance lessons for two-step and for swing dancing. And so I started going there, and uh, the, the dance instructor um, was an older lady named Roz. And Roz was a lot of fun. She was a great dancer. She loved teaching dance. And so I started going, and I found out that she also taught line dancing at the Eagles on Friday nights. How many people were line dancers in the 90s? Hey, there's, there's a few of those. Um, 
So most Friday nights, I was at the Eagles with Roz and a bunch of mostly older ladies. I was generally the youngest person there. There was one other guy that would come once in a while, um, but it was kind of a, another kind of weird thing to do. Uh, so I got to know Roz pretty good, and it turned out she was the choreographer for Junior Miss competitions. Who all's been in a Junior Miss competition? <laughs> yeah, not very many. So Junior Miss, I don't know if they're still doing it, but it was a, like a, a pageant of some sort that... Uh, high school girls could compete in for scholarships, and it involved academics and talents. Um, but there was also a part where the girls would dance with guys, and so she was a choreographer for that. So she asked me, they were looking for some more guys, so she asked me if I would be one of those. And so I got to participate in two local junior miss competitions and two state competitions. So just now, if you were wondering about me, that's, that's why. So, uh, so fast forward a few years, and I was still living in Kalispell, and I had some friends, we, we hung out a lot together, and they told me they had a friend coming to town uh, that was applying for a job, and, and you know, she was going to be there that weekend. And so, of course, the first question I asked was, well, is she cute? And they said, yep, but don't even think about it, you don't have a shot with her at all. And of course, I've kind of you know, pushed back on that a little bit, and I said, of course I do. I said, if I want a date with her, I'll get one. And they said, no, I don't think so. I, I don't, you, you won't even get her last name. And of course, I thought, well, this is easy. I, you know, how hard is it to get somebody's last name? All you got to do is ask, right? So I said, I'll take that bet. And we actually had a money bet on it. Um, it's a little bit embarrassing. So, <laughs> so she shows up. They, they all show up, and I get to meet her. And we're hanging out. And you know, that night, we, don't, we did do some dancing. Um, and I was really trying hard. I was pulling out all the stops, trying to get her last name. I was coming at it from different angles, using every, every bit of charm that I had, which wasn't enough, apparently. <laughs> And, but then I, then I actually, you know, in our conversations, I was really kind of thinking like, well, I kind of like her. She's actually really nice. Um, you know, so at, towards the end of the night, I apologized to her. I said, I, I got to admit something. This is kind of embarrassing. But I made a bet um, that I could find out your last name. So if you're wondering about the weird questions. And she said, oh, I know. She said, I was on the speakerphone on the other end while you guys were making the bet. <laughs> so, so I really, you know, I had no shot there. But... Uh, eventually, I did get a date with her, and she did tell me that the fact that I could dance kind of saved me a little bit there, even though I was kind of an idiot. She, she was okay. She, she liked the fact that I could dance. So I uh, set out trying to get her last name, and it ends up she now has my last name. So <laughs> it worked out pretty good for me. Um, but, but what about you? Has, has there been some times uh, when, when, when you've had something that you thought you wanted, you were working on a, different, a, a specific direction, maybe a school you wanted to get into, or a, a job you were pursuing, or a relationship? And, and it just didn't work out. Um, maybe it was about a, a, a possession, a thing. I, I, uh, my little brother, I remember when we were kids, I think we were probably, you know, he's two years younger than me, he was probably five or six. We went shopping for winter coats. And we got to the store and, and he picked out this coat that he really wanted. Um, and my mom was saying, no, I don't, I don't think you want that one, we're not gonna get that one. It was hot pink, really, really bright. And he was adamant, he wanted that coat. So we, uh, we let, he, he ended up, he, t he wore her down, he got the coat, and we walked outside, and he just started crying. And we were like, what, what's going on? You know, did he get hurt or what? And he said, the sun hurts my eyes, it's too bright. So, so we ended up taking that coat back and returning it. You know, so it can be around even things that we have. So I want you to keep that in mind as we're going through this morning. Like, what, what's something that maybe, uh, maybe it's possible that we misunderstand what we're asking for? So this morning we're looking at Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Uh, 
so I, th I think the first question is, why, why were they going to Jerusalem? Uh, they were going there because it was Passover. Uh, they were, uh, it was something that they would have done. It was a traveling festival. They would have been going for Passover. Uh, Jesus and his disciples. But this year was different. They weren't just going um, you know, for, for Passover. As they were coming into town, Jesus said uh, to, to his disciples to go and get uh, a donkey and her colt and bring them back. Now, can you imagine like, what the disciples might have thought there? You know, they, like, this has all been prophesied. Back in uh, Zechariah uh, 9, verse 9. Oops, I turned to it really quickly last time. Uh, it says, uh, this was, this was a, a prophecy that said, Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So this is something from Zechariah. So the, um, from their uh, religious experience, they would have known, like, this is, this is a big deal. Jesus asking them to go get a donkey and, and the colt. And can you imagine the guy that the, the, the disciples came and asked? And saying, like, oh, what's happening here? Like, we know about this. We know this might happen. And now it's actually happening. So... Uh, so they go and they, and they get the colt and the donkey, and then like we heard in, um, in, when Steve was reading, they come into town, and the people, they know about some of the miracles that were, were performed, and they were so excited, they were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed be the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And this also um, comes from uh, earlier times. This comes from Psalm 118. So let's talk about Psalm 118 a little bit that, that Teresa read. Psalm 118 is a, is a psalm of victory. Um, there's a, we, we read the first couple verses, or she read the first couple verses, verses, and then skipped ahead. There's a middle part that is presumably written by King David. It doesn't specifically say it, but it makes sense that it would have been. And this is about like somebody who's in a, in a lot of trouble, is being attacked by a lot of people, and finding that his strength doesn't come from, from other people, or who he, the, the people that he trusts, but it comes from the Lord. And so, so it's a song of victory. It's also a song of, I think, of thanksgiving. Um, we're going to talk about this some more, but there's, there's a lot of times in there where it says to give thanks. We give thanks to the Lord. This is also uh, the last song in what's known as the Egyptian Hillel, um, which would have been songs that sang, were sang at like traveling festivals such as Passover. Uh, Psalm 113 through 118 are what comprise that. And so Psalm 118 is likely the last uh, song that... Um, Jesus and his disciples sang at, after the Last Supper. When they were leaving, it says they sang a song and went to the, the Mount of Olives, went to Gethsemane. So there, there's a lot in this, in this psalm, right? Um, and in fact, Martin Luther says this about the psalm. He says, This is my own beloved psalm. Although the entire Psalter and all of Holy Scripture are dear to me as my only comfort and source of life, I fell in love with this psalm especially. This psalm uh, proved a friend and helped me out of many great troubles. Are things moving? Oh, there we go. <laughs> As a result, it is dearer to me than all the wealth, honor, and power of the Pope, the Turk, and the Emperor. I would be most unwilling uh, to trade this psalm for all of it. So this is something that Martin Luther, he claimed this as his own beloved psalm um, as, a, as a source for his strength. So Psalm 118, I think, also is, uh, it, it talks about some historical things. It's also prophetic. And, and I, it, it, for, for uh, Jesus uh, coming back into Jerusalem. And I think it also applies pretty strongly to today. And, and so we're going to just kind of walk through it verse by verse. Um, 
and I'll, I'll just share what, what, what I think is important. Um, you know, what, what I found meant something to me, and, um, but I encourage you to just, just stay open to, to what, what might be there. So the first verse is also the last verse. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And so this is the first part where it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Um, this is, uh, I, I think, important. It's a theme that's throughout the psalm. Um, his steadfast love endures forever. It's not talking about like the emotion of love. It's talking about uh, the word hesed. Adam's talked about it before. We'll be talking about it more um, in, in August when we go through the Ruth, Ruth series. But hesed, which is more of a covenant-type love, something that is much stronger, that can't be broken. His steadfast love endures forever. And then we skip ahead uh, in, in the psalm, uh, down to uh, verse 19. It says, and this is kind of a call and response section. So it says, Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I might enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. And then the response to that is, This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. And then the next verse says, I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. So again, this is uh, a call and response, but a, another thank you. I thank you that you have answered me. Gratefulness, gratitude, and, and become my salvation. And then the next verse, I think, is repeated in the Matthew section that uh, Steve read that says, uh, This stone that the soldiers rejected, or the builders rejected, has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Now, the stone that the builders rejected. Uh, again, this is in the psalm that, that, that Jesus would have um, known, his disciples would have known, the, the uh, Israelites would have known this psalm, and, and have been singing it for years. And so this stone that the, the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Um, he, and, and then he uh, refers to it in, in Matthew, Matthew verse 21, or chapter 21, verse uh, 42, which is a little farther past what, uh, what, where Steve read. It says, uh, Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. So Jesus is, re is referring to this psalm in, in that section. Um, and, then, and then it says that it, it, it was amazing. It was marvelous in our eyes. Um, what I understand on the translation in, in that is what, what they meant was like, they don't understand it. This is something we don't understand. This is, this is amazing. It's a mystery. Um, we don't understand this, but somehow... Uh, the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Mark and Luke are, are pretty similar in how they recount that. Acts is a little bit different. And I think it's worth, worth mentioning. Acts 4 verse 11 says, uh, this is when Peter and John were before um, the council. And it says, uh, verse 11, almost in the end. This this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders. It has become the cornerstone. And so again, it was referenced here, but it was, it was more, more pointed, more directed, more directed at the religious leaders of the time, saying like, no, you guys are the ones that rejected him. But who else rejected Jesus? The, the, the political leaders of the time, the religious leaders of the time, uh, the Israelites, the people, you know, that we're going to see a little bit of a, uh, this week as we get ahead in the, in the, in the Gospels, the people rejected him. They had an opportunity to set him free, and they didn't do it. His own disciples rejected him, right? Even though they were the closest ones to him, and they, you know, from our uh, viewpoint 2,000 years later, they should have known what was happening here. Um, but, but they rejected him as well. 
The next verse, verse 24, says, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now, a lot of scholars think that this is, again, a prophetic statement talking about the day that Jesus entered Jerusalem. Um, that, it, you know, being tied with the rest of it, it was, that was what it was talking about. But it also ties to any day, right? As Christ followers, how, how different would our days be if we truly believed and, and lived out that this is the day that the Lord has made? Let us rejoice and be glad, glad in it. Uh, I love the songs that the ladies sang this morning. Uh, I think they did just such a good job um, with, with matching it up with, with what this psalm is actually saying. Verse 25. Save us, we beseech you, O Lord. O Lord, we beseech you. Give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. So this is, uh, there's a couple words here that I kind of thought I knew the meaning of. Um, there's one coming up later that I talked about in the 9 o'clock, and then I had somebody ask me about beseech in between gatherings. It's like, well, I think it means ask. But it actually really means like to ask fervently, to implore. It's a very, very strong ask. So save us. We beseech you, O Lord. Give us success. This is what the um, uh, people were saying uh, in what Steve read in Matthew as people were coming in. They were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, which in, in Hebrew means save us or save now. Uh, so this, that was a, uh, something that I didn't realize. That it, I mean, they were directly talking about this Psalm 118 as Jesus was coming in into Jerusalem. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. So Matthew 29, or uh, 21 verse 9 says, uh, it says that directly. It says, the crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And again, it's, it's recounted throughout the New Testament. In Mark and John, it's pretty much the same. But Luke is different. And again, I think it's worth mentioning the difference in there. Luke 19, verse 37, starts with, As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all of the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise in heaven and glory in the highest heavens. And then, so some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. So again, uh, I think this is about where Jesus is really coming forward and saying, No, I am the Messiah. You know, having the donkey, riding in on the donkey. He, uh, in this case, say, he knew that the people were um, calling him the Messiah. The Pharisees knew that they were calling him the Messiah. They wanted him to stop, and he said, Look, I, I can't stop it. If these people don't say it, even the stones will cry out. So the next verse starts with, The Lord is good and has given us light. Bind the festal procession with branches up to the horns of the altar. And again, this is a, a, a time talking about uh, some prophecy and also what was probably happening at the time. The Lord is God and he has given us light. Uh, you know, the, the Jesus, it, later in, in the New Testament, says Jesus is the light of the world. Bind the festal procession with branches up to the horns of the altar. Now, this would have made sense in Passover is what, what they do with the sacrifice when they would bind them to the altar, but I think it also relates to Jesus, um, what's coming up with, with, with the cross. And the next verse, verse 28. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. Extol is another one I, I looked up because I wanted to know what that one was. And that's just praise enthusiastically. I will praise you enthusiastically. How often do we do that? I mean, sometimes, but it, it's, you are my God, and I give thanks to you. Once again, being thankful and giving God praise. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. 
So what were the people looking for? They recognized him as the Messiah, right? They knew from him riding on the donkey. They knew from the miracles. Like, they really believed that he was the Messiah. They were com- he was coming to save them. What were they looking for? Uh, what, what type of king were they looking for? I think they were looking for a warrior-type king. In those days, the, the warriors would show up, the kings, when they were coming to do battle, would show up on a horse or with chariots, and they would come riding in you know, to, to, to conquer whoever they were coming to fight. But what were they given? They were given a humble king. Jesus came riding in on a donkey. He didn't come to fight, to create a war, to, to do any of that. And so what happened? They, they, they rejected him, right? The people rejected him. His own disciples rejected him because he wasn't the type of king that they were looking for. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Adam shared with me uh, uh, something out of a book he was uh, reading, and we were talking about some other things, and, and it's a book by C.S. Lewis called Letters to Malcolm. And uh, so I'm reading that book now, and, and I think it's definitely worth reading. Uh, and in that book, he says, it seems to me that we often almost sulkily reject the good that God offers us because at that moment, we expected some other good. How often does that happen? That um, you know, our, our sadness, our disappointment comes from, not because of uh, it, it, you know, something bad happened, but because what we wanted to happen, what we thought was going to happen, isn't what happened. Um, because it was, it, it was something else. We misunderstood, maybe, what we were actually asking for. So I think there's a couple verses in this, in this that are worth maybe, maybe thinking about this week, maybe paying attention to and thinking about. Um, again, I found it helpful for me. We didn't do verse cards on these, but I, I think there's, there's value in this. The first one is the, the first and last verse. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Uh, there's a lot of power there, right? If, if we can truly believe that God is good and that his love endures forever... Man, that's, that really is something to be thankful for. And the second one is, this is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. It's, it's amazing in our eyes. It's something that we don't understand. Sometimes that's okay. I, I think that that is part of being a Christ follower, is, is embracing the mystery. That, you know, this is the Lord's doing, and I don't understand it. It's amazing. It's marvelous in our eyes, but it's, it's a mystery. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, again, if, if, we, if we can lean in onto that, if we can truly believe that, that this is the day, today is the day that the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. So I, I think a lot of what we're talking about today is joy um, and when, what it means to be, um, to be joyful. Uh, about, it was a little over 10 years ago, I don't remember exactly what year it was, uh, we were selling a vehicle, we had kind of outgrown the one we had. We um, had too many car seats to what would fit in the, in the car. That's when I graduated to a minivan uh, for a while. So we were, we were selling an, an Xterra, and I had a, uh, somebody call. They wanted to come see it. They were looking to buy it for their daughter. And so he showed up, and we were talking, you know, looking at the car, chatting, and there was just something different about him. Um, and some of you, I, I've told this part of the story to before, but there was something different about him, but I didn't know what it was. But I knew that he was somebody I kind of wanted to be around. So I asked him what he did, and, and he said he was a pastor at a, at a local church. And so that Sunday, I was at that, lo- at that church, and I went there uh, because there was just something different. Um, 
this past week, I listened to the podcast that Adam referenced last week uh, about uh, finding joy. Um, it's, it's on the Word on Fire podcast. It's on the mind map. And he went through, and he, and he was explaining things, and, and it hit me. I was like, that's what it is. I, couldn't have, I, I, I had never articulated what it was about him, but he was just a joyful person. Um, he didn't say anything about God or Jesus or anything like that in our conversation, but there was just a, a real sense of joy with him. And, and I know that's what it is, why I was a, a, attracted to, you know, to talking to him and wanting to go hear, hear him and, and whatnot. I was there for a couple years, and then I ended up finding Narrate and uh, been here ever since. Uh, but but it, it, in that podcast, he also says, you know, Satan hates a joyful Christian. And, and, and that makes a lot of sense. So um, in, in the podcast, it talks about how do you, how do you uh, become joyful, and he has a whole series on it. But the one thing that he starts out with is gratefulness, being thankful, finding things to be thankful for. It's easy to jump on our, our phones or on the news and, and see things, and it makes sense why we do it, you know, looking for where are the problems in the world, what do I got to watch out for, how do I stay safe? But what if we spend a little more time focusing on the joy, being on the, on the, on the things we can be thankful for? Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His, his uh, steadfast love endures forever. So this week, a uh, question I'll leave you with is, what if it is possible to find good in situation where it just isn't the good you expected? Um, what, what situations do you have going on right now um, that, that you're working on that things aren't going the way you wanted, but, but maybe there really is some good there still? Uh, this week as we're leading into Easter, um, I think it's an excellent time for reflection this last final week of Lent. Um, looking at, like, we have the, 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 the benefit of knowing, you know, 2,000 years after, after it, we have the benefit of knowing what happened and how it ends up. Um, but back then they didn't. They were, they were looking, they were looking for a certain king. He wasn't it. And I'm just so grateful that, uh, that it turned out the way it did. So as the band comes back up, we're going to get ready to take communion. And if you haven't taken communion with us before, we start on this side, we have bread, and there's gluten-free options as well. We have the wine and juice on this side, and just kind of follow through on the line, the people in front of you. Um, there's really no requirements for taking communion. You know, if you, if you identify as a Christ follower, you're welcome to take communion with us. Um, if, uh, if you want to have the conversation around baptism, uh, myself or any one of the staff would love to have that conversation with you. And also, it, you don't have to take it. If it's not something uh, that you want to do or are comfortable with, there's no, you don't have to do it. Just let people go on by. All right. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this morning. I want to thank you for your love that you have for us. Uh, and it, it's a love that can't be broken. I just ask, Lord, that you'll, you'll be with us this week. Uh, help us to take this week. Um, and remember the sacrifices that you made for us, uh, the mystery of it all, how it works out. And, and I just ask that you'll, you'll help us to put our trust in you, uh, not in people, not in celebrities, not in politicians, but put our trust in you uh, for, for what you have for us. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Narrate Church, find us online at narratechurch.org or look us up on Facebook or Instagram.